Welcome to the SUP Podcast with your hosts, Louis and Moitze. Every week, we ask each other what's up with our businesses. What are we struggling with? What's going well? And what interesting things from the world of bootstrapping do we have on our minds today? Follow along, and if you like what you hear, support us by leaving a rating or review in the podcast app of your choice. On with the show. Hey, Moitze, how's it going? I'm doing okay considering the current world situation with COVID-19 and everything else like we talked about before we started recording. So yeah, all good. Let's just put it like this. What about you? <laughs> yep, same. Uh, more of the same. Nights are getting longer. The COVID situation is getting worse. But otherwise, it's a sunny day. I had my birthday yesterday. All good. <gasps> Happy birthday. I didn't know. Thank you very much. Yep. The last, I've got one more year before I turn 30. One year today. One year before things start getting worse. (laughs) Yep. I celebrated by putting my shoes on, standing up instead of having to sit down. That was my celebration. Perfect. Yeah. So I've been joking around with my husband recently because ever since I turned 30, everything aches. And my, I had this severe back pain like two weeks ago where I couldn't even move my upper body. So he joked around, this is what turning 30 feels like. <laughs> yeah. Enjoy it while it lasts the way. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to have to put together. It sounds like I need to put together a list of activities that I want to experience with a, a normal human body within yes. the next 364 yeah. days. I will. Yep. Absolutely. If, if you need anyone to help you with that, I'm going to, I, I can share some of the things that I wanted to experience while I was in a normal and operating human body. And then you can live those things out instead of me. That sounds brilliant. I will, I'll start off tomorrow. I'll be on a trampoline, just going crazy. Awesome. Sounds good. People can tweet ideas at me for things that their bodies can no longer do and that I should do for them instead. Oh, I have so many ideas. (laughs) Awesome. Great. And on non-Louis body slowly dying related news, how are things going? It's going pretty great. You'll be happy to hear that I signed a contract with those two new contractors. So that happened. Yeah, both of them. So that happened. I I think the last time we spoke, I told you that. I sent them the contract, but never heard back, but I did hear back after a couple of days and we made some adjustments to the contract, just like cosmetic adjustments, nothing serious. And we signed the contract. So we're now ready to start. That has been delayed because I also, since we last spoke, I closed a new client. So that's been also another win for me. However, it definitely I now definitely, I needed to onboard that client, which meant that I'm going to be onboarding the contractors maybe a little bit later, maybe a week later than I wanted to. But yeah, I'm now working on that delegation and changing my approach to project management because it's so different when you practically work by yourself and you do project management, like your style, maybe not 100% organized, but when you introduce new people to the team, suddenly things need to change a little bit. So I've been trying to um, deal with that. Yeah. 
that is yeah that's so difficult the delegation stuff I'm, I'm afraid I can't be helpful there at all I'm uh, ter- terrible at that I was hoping for some advice but yeah <laughs> also what I for totally forgot to mention is I'm now actively working on the emails for the science of Facebook ads I rescheduled the relaunch as per our discussion last time, because uh, it got delayed again with all of my projects. But yeah, that's been what I've been working on. Awesome. And when you say the emails, do you mean the the pre-launch ramp up emails or the actual content? Yes. So it's the content is pretty much ready to go, but it's just the pre-launch emails and the launch emails. So what I'm going to do, I don't think we really dived into any details but what I'm doing is one week of pre-launch emails with lots and lots of value hinting towards the fact that I'm going to be opening enrollment soon and letting people um, know about the dates and where when they need to be ready and then after those pre-launch emails I'm doing like a launch sequence where There's also a little bit of value in the emails, but mostly they revolve around testimonials and the benefits of my online course and just like pure sales emails. It's going to be essentially a two week uh, email sequence, maybe a little bit, I think maybe a little bit longer because I'm not going to be emailing every single day, but there's definitely going to be around like 10 to 14 emails. And yeah, so it's just the sales emails that I'm working on, but it's still, it's hard work. Yeah, they are. Those are hard. And when's the course, when's the course launching? And I, I know you postponed it for later. Is that later this year or early next year? It's later this year. So I had it first planned for, I think it was end of October, beginning of November, and now it's end of November, beginning of December. So I think that it's going to be right around the time of Black Friday. So maybe I'll, I don't know, do something with Black Friday, offer maybe, a, I don't know, or a special deal where you get some additional videos. There's That's still up for discussion, but it's going to be later this year because uh, I promised to myself, I made a promise and I want to keep it uh, because I have a lot of things practically ready to go. And that promise was to open enrollment at least one time in 2020 <laughs> because it hasn't happened in 2020 yet. So I want to keep that promise so I can end the year with a smile on my face because I kept that one promise. Awesome. Have you, I was, I was going to ask, have you launched uh, a course or opened enrollment in like the end of uh, the year before? So December before? I think it was maybe August 2019. So the, it's been more than a year since I last opened enrollment. And People have been asking me about when I'm going to open it again, and I never really did. And that's why I want to do it so bad, because I know that people are eager. And I see all of these signups for the waiting list. So I have a waiting list on my webpage, and I get signups for that waiting list every single week, and I'm not doing anything with them. So they're just getting my regular newsletter emails. And I really want to see how far can I push it in terms of sales? Because I know that last, was it last year? I think it was last year. I wasn't really satisfied with the enrollment or the numbers. I wanted to hit 5k and I like 
it was a shy, I don't know, four can something. So I'm not trying to, I don't know, create any goals or um, any numbers that I want to hit. It's just that one goal of at least opening enrollment and then hopefully approaching this a little bit more professional and in depth in 2021. So do you think is do you think December is going to be a good time to launch then? I'm just wondering. Absolutely. No, because I, I have no idea. I'm just in my head. People go for self improvement early in January. It tends yeah. to be probably when I think of people making those decisions. Maybe. Yeah, um, I think so too. But yeah, it's just that I want to do it in 2020. I think honestly, I I think that maybe they go more like for the self improvement at the beginning of the year. However, like a part of me still says. There are people that they have a little bit of budget left for 2020 and they want to spend a little bit of it on education by the end of the year. And I'm counting on those people. But yeah, I guess I'll see what I still want to do in 2021 is I want to do I I want to open enrollment more frequently and yeah, maybe like I'll have everything ready with these emails that I'm running now. I don't know. We'll see. I can still do it in the beginning, at the beginning of uh, 2021, maybe not January, but like March. So I'm not essentially closing any doors, but just, it's just that I want to do it in 2020. (laughs) It's an arbitrary goal. I know, but I won't forgive myself if I don't do it this year. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, What's to stop you, right? I think it exactly. could be could even be different this year. Maybe people aren't out in December at Christmas yeah. parties and stuff in the same way. My December last year, I don't think I ate a, a meal at home for all of December. Whereas this year, mm-hmm. I probably won't eat in a restaurant for all of December. Yeah. So. yeah, yeah. So people will be definitely spending a little bit more time home, maybe thinking about maybe it'll be a different year where because they won't go out, they'll start thinking about self-improvement, et cetera earlier so I guess we'll see time will tell yeah you heard it here first folks this year's must-have Christmas present for your nieces nephews cousins grandma granddad is the science of Facebook ads (laughs) definitely (laughs) I should create self-paced great reviews yes yeah absolutely um anyway what what have you uh, been up to yeah, it's it's been a bit longer since we last talked, right? Normally we try and record yeah. every Wednesday or Thursday and we didn't manage to do that last week. Things just didn't quite line up. So we're, we're a couple of days late on the recording side of things. So it's been a while. I finally got the referral university course finished, which I'm happy with. That was a massive kind of mental block for me for way too long. Yay. So yeah, I'm happy about that. That's going to be going live on the website tomorrow. Wow, that's yeah. exciting. It is. It's exciting for me. I'm, I'm happy that we finally got it done. There was a lot of scope creep of, of things we just wanted to include and wanted to include more and more. And yeah, it's not perfect, but it's a good first version and it's better than what we have had before. And it's better than anything else out there. So I'm fine with that. Yeah. Yeah. What else is happening with me? It's been happening. So we're doing a lot of partnerships with Sparkloop, setting up basically very high touch affiliates who we're going to do some work with and we'll do some webinars or some interviews and cross promotion and stuff mm, to awesome. get in front of, yeah, for more of the right kind of customer. I had set myself a goal for this kind of, we do six week cycles internally. So we started that in October and that finishes uh, mid November, 15th of November, roughly. 
And I'd set myself as a goal to get five kind of A-list partners set up and ready to, to start referring or even already making referrals. Uh, sorry, um, already making like affiliate referrals. Yeah. And we, yeah, we've passed that. We're, we're more than five now. So I'm, I'm very happy there. That's going well. Yay. Yeah. And other than that, it's just, uh, I guess I'm swamped with creating content. There's so much that needs to be written or recorded yeah. and then edited. And I have, I have so many different bullet pointed articles that are like they're bullet pointed out, but they need to be mm-hmm. finalized. I have so many interviews that are recorded and edited, but need to be uploaded somewhere. It's, it's so much work. I think when you make that switch, when you have a, when you have a startup, especially like a SaaS product, you start off with a very simple landing page and maybe a blog post here or there. And at some point you switch to more what you would be when you have an established SaaS product, they have a resources section with all of the stuff in there, like a blog and this and that and interviews and here and there mm-hmm. and work in that awkward transition phase of going from the one to the other. And it's just nonstop creation and getting it out there. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. I want to learn more about that partnerships, how you approach them actually. Cause like, I know a lot of SaaS businesses do it. I think it's a great way to get your product in front of an audience that maybe doesn't know you so well. So I'm really interested in hearing like, how did you even get started with that? And what's the workflow that you follow? How, how does everything work? Yeah. Like I like to take the approach of having fewer partners, but really working very closely with them and trying to push them and make them successful. So we don't, you can't just sign up with Sparkloop as, as an affiliate. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have to, you can ask, but basically we have to reach out to you and agree. And then we do a lot of work around working out what do you, what support do you need from us? Do you need a landing page? Do you need us to come and do a a workshop or something for your existing audience? You know, what's the best, how can we help you basically? How can we make it as easy as as possible for you to be able to talk about our product and to to sell it successfully to your audience? Mm -hmm. And it has to be a good fit as well. We have to trust them and want them to be almost like a salesperson for us. Like we have to be comfortable with them being a, an ambassador for us yeah, and uh, being someone that we're associated with. So like I said, we were looking for five right now. We'd be happy to go up to 10 or maybe even 15 would still be just fine. Mm-hmm. But we've, we've been reaching yeah. out basically to, to the people who would be associated with. So Sparkly works together with email providers, right? ConvertKit, yeah. MailChimp and people. So basically we looked and said, okay, if you're running the right kind of big MailChimp ConvertKit newsletter, that would be an ideal customer for us. Who are you listening to? Who are you going to for advice, support, Mm -hmm. consulting? Who are the most popular names there? And then we reached out to those people. Luckily, we already knew a few of them and we had contacts who could put us in in contact with others. And basically we were slightly more generous than we, we maybe had to be. I think normally... In software as a service, you give 20% commission. Yeah. We yeah. do 30 for the first 10, mm-hmm. like the big people we really want to work with. And that's how we've done it so far. Just, yeah, getting a warm introduction or reaching out as friends already and saying, hey, this is a win-win. What do you need to be successful? How can we help each other? And going like that. Yeah. And I think the higher percentage will definitely pay off. I think it 
definitely sets a relationship to a very good start and a very positive start, which can, yeah, play a big role on the long run. Yeah, really excited to hear uh, you report back in in a couple of months and tell me how that's been going for you. <laughs> yeah, excited to do that as well. We I noticed today when I was checking in, we're using Rewardful for the, yeah. the affiliate management side of things. And we've paid out over a hundred dollars now. So I'm I'm very wow. happy with that. Yeah. Yeah. That's exciting. It is, yeah. I'm happy with that. It's all a lot more work to do. You notice you mm. feel like you're you're pushing the kind of the ball up the hill and then you take a, a brief look up and you haven't looked up for a while and then you see, oh, wow, there's still so much further to go. I think when you get to the top of the mountain peak and then you realize there's another much bigger mountain right next to it that you want to climb as well. So yeah, yeah. I think that's probably how people get tricked into, they say they're going to start a business and never hire people and never have a team, never take any money. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden they have a hundred employees. I think it's yeah. just the goalposts keep moving yeah. as you keep moving forward. Oh, but it's what makes it interesting, right? (laughs) Yes, exactly. You just notice the more you do it, there's there's so much opportunity that you discover. And uh, yeah, it's exhausting, but it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's definitely a much better mindset than to think that the one goal that you have to achieve is that's the right goal and you'll just stick with that one and then not achieve anything else. So the abundance mindset is a lot better in, in my point of view. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And what I like about the way that we're doing things now as well is that we're not, these aren't armchair quarterback decisions that we're making. We are, this is the kind of, we're being pulled in different places by our customers and partners and people who want to work with us on, on different things. So yes, there's a lot that we're doing, but we're not making that, that mistake that I see quite a few people making of sitting and making their master plan in their armchairs together. We're not doing that, luckily. So hopefully it's going to turn yeah, out so okay. It's more of an informed decision-making that you're doing. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> I hope it so. sounds like it. <laughs> yeah, it's a tiring thing. It's, it's only Monday and I feel like I should be in bed. Oh, you're close. You're close to being 30 years old. That's how it feels. <laughs> thanks, thanks for that. So. Oh, dear. Yeah, but I should, uh, we're going to have to schedule these calls for, for early in the morning after my coffee so that we can uh, okay. get all over and done with. Yeah. Oh, I'm like, but I'm the ex- exact opposite. So <laughs> we can do it as, as an experiment. I don't operate normally in the early morning hours. I'm a more of an afternoon kind of person. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. I'm actually, I like to keep my mornings for doing w- written work, mainly like anything that has to be creative, high concentration stuff. I, I don't get up early, but if like I'm I'm clever before about twelve, and after that it's emails and podcasts and calls and stuff. Oh, it's so different for me because I'm so I reserve my mornings for like reading and practically not doing anything, and then at around one p.m. two p.m. is where I when I actually start working. We should work together because that's perfect because I work really well until about one and then oh, my brain so goes, yeah, then my brain goes dead and I go to the gym until about four and then I'll start again at maybe six for another two or three hours and then mm. call it an evening. So I, I, yeah, I have two really good focus periods of eight till 11, 12, and then maybe again from uh, kind of five, six until eight or nine if I want to. Oh, but I go to the gym in the morning, actually, because like, 
in the evening, I just, yeah, I can't do it. And in the morning, like I, I cannot really work. So I just go to the gym instead. So interesting. Oh yeah. Perfect. So we can, we can cover each other perfectly then. If oh we need yeah, to. absolutely. Yes. If we never, if we ever need to do support requests for the podcast, then we're going to be just fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we just need a third person who's somewhere in australia or something to exactly to exactly but anything else like we're good <laughs> yeah exactly yeah and we were we decided that we're going to talk about preparing and launching a course considering that this is something that we were both working on recently and we wanted to dive into that topic a little bit more yeah i've done that a couple of times you're more in the thick of it right now why don't we yeah. maybe walk through just what the plan is from now until un- until the launch day in December yeah so what I'm actually doing right now is simply writing sales emails because everything else is more than ready so for the people that don't know how I actually launched the science of Facebook ads I don't think I ever discussed it here but I think I launched it a couple of years ago for the first time. I had this idea for doing a video course on how to do Facebook ads, not just an idea that, I don't know, popped into my mind and into my head one day and I decided to do it, but I've been getting a couple of years ago, I've been getting a lot of requests to do a video course. I've been doing webinars for a really long time by then, but people wanted to have so one platform or I don't know, just one location where they could get all of that knowledge for one price, one time. So I decided to do a course, but I wanted to validate it first. So I didn't want to do a course if no one will buy it, because it's one thing when people tell you, sure, I'll buy your course, but it's a completely different thing to actually get paid to actually get the money. So I decided to pre-launched the course before I even had one video recorded. And I did that in two, actually, yeah, 40, 48 hours. I got 10 K. It was a pretty good validation of, of the course of that idea. So I didn't have a single video recorded and all of the people that bought the course knew that because I was being very transparent. I told them, you know what, this is just validating the idea. And if you buy this, the course is going to be online in two months. Yeah, I got that 10K and then I went to recording. I first wrote out all of the topics that I want to talk about, all of the topics that I want to teach people, like all of the lessons, and I grouped them into modules and then started recording the videos. And that was, it wasn't up in two months because I had some personal things that I needed to take care of. And I actually told all of my but all of my students that there's life sometimes intervenes and I couldn't complete it in two months, but they were all fine with that. I offered a refund. Uh, they said, no, I think in five months time, I had all of my videos up and running and the course was up and that was essentially it. So now the course is pretty much ready. Everything that I teach is still like it's evergreen. So what I'll actually do right now, or what I'm currently working on are just the sales emails and how to approach it. I did it once or twice by now since originally launching the course. And I never have been like 100% satisfied with the outcome. So I know 
there are different things that you need to take care of and different things that you need to think about. For example, the last time that I did it, that was the time where I had this goal of earning 5k, but I like earned 4k and something. The problem then, the problem back then was that my email list wasn't really warm. So what I did was I haven't emailed my email list for a couple of months. And then I just out of the blue started emailing them, Hey, I'm reopening my video course. So naturally the results weren't ideal, but not right now. My email list is warm because I have been emailing them regularly. So it's just the sales emails that I need to complete and finish. So like I told you previously, there are going to be about, I think five or six very valuable emails that'll go out where I'll teach people everything from creating a strategy. It'll start with the Facebook advertising quiz that we did on, I think the last episode. So it'll start with that one, that email. And then I have a couple of very valuable emails. Like I mentioned the email, how to do a Facebook ad strategy, how to set up a target audience. There's one email of setting up custom conversions and custom events that trigger once someone purchases something on your webpage without coding anything. So there are going to be a couple of very valuable emails. And then the last, let's say seven emails are going to be just essentially sales pitches with lots of testimonials, case studies, um, and so on. So that's in a nutshell of what I'm currently working on. Nice. I don't know how much detail you can go into or you, you, you feel comfortable going into, but you, can you share a bit about the price of the course? Yes, absolutely. My course, I have two tiers. The kind of the basic tier is $497 and it contains, uh, I think it's nine hours of video material plus some resources like PDFs, cheat sheets, and so on. So you get access to all of that. And then I have, I think it's called the master package, which is priced at $897. And that includes, besides the whole course, it also includes some bonus modules, which are interviews that are topic specific. For example, Facebook ads, for e-commerce, Facebook ads, for music artists, how to optimize your landing page, because that's also important when you're doing Facebook advertising. Plus you get a one-on-one training with me. Those are the two tiers that I currently have for the science of Facebook ads. Interesting. That's how, how did you come up with that pricing? It, it was, it was interesting just approaching that problem because I, it's the first course that I'm launching and I had no idea how it, like how valuable that is, how much people will pay for it. I never actually bought a proper Facebook advertising course. So I had no idea how other people priced it. So first what I did was I think what most people do, I just went and searched for other courses on Facebook advertising and just observed their pricing and what, like, how does it look? What modules are they offering? What are they teaching people? But after a few hours of research, I just found out that the prices are 
all over the page. Like you had courses for, let's say $50. And then you had courses for $1,500. So it was like, there was like no, not one universal price that you could say, okay, so I'll put it in the ballpark of 500. Like I had no idea. So then I simply started working on the course and recording all of the material. And then essentially saw like how much, first of all, how much work I put into all of that, how there are years of knowledge into that into in that course so in that video material so after working on the course for a couple of months I have essentially decided on pricing so before all of that like it all of I I did a lot of research and the the pre-launch that I actually did was for a discounted price so I actually increased the price uh, since then because at the beginning I had no idea (laughs) how much I'm going to charge but yeah I increased it since because all of that hours that went into recording the videos and doing my research and I think we I think we discussed it maybe in the first or second episode, or maybe we even, we didn't record that part, but because I'm not a native speaker, I had to record, I don't know, let's say two hours of video material and it like resulted in 10 minutes of actual content. So it was, yeah, interesting. And that's, it's, it was a combination of things when I was setting up the price. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And how, what's the feedback been to the the pricing? Do you feel like you've, you've found your sweet spot? Absolutely. I think I could, I think I could go even higher. However, like I, I'm definitely not doing that at least for another year because I just, I don't know. I'm not the kind of person who would just increase the price. I feel like I would still need to give something back. So I think in a year I'll probably need to update a couple of videos because Facebook launches new things all the time. So when I'll be re-recording the videos, I'll probably be increasing the price. But so far, for example, the feedback has been awesome. People have been really satisfied with the content and I've only had one refund. And even that refund was from an actual scammer. It was just, yeah, someone, someone bought it and it was a scam. So I, to avoid anything, any legal issues. I just refunded the person and that was it. But apart from that, no refunds. People were really satisfied with the product. And yeah, I think I hit my sweet, I, it's definitely a sweet spot, but I'll probably going to add a little bit more content and then increase the price in one year time. Yeah. Awesome. And what do you think about coaching? I noticed, so compared to other courses, like my sales to founders that I've done in the past, for example, I was always on the my lower end was low is much lower. My lower end was anchored at 99 or 199, mm-hmm. which is it's that's in that safe kind of no brainer purchase category for most people. Yeah. Like they, they don't, it's an impulse purchase. Yeah. yeah they, they, a lot of people still think about it, but they put that on the credit card in one go. They don't care. Like it's fine. It's not something they have to talk to, to someone about. Whereas then it, for me, it went straight up from 199 on the low end to almost $2,000 on the high end for like coaching and stuff. And mm. I never really had any success with something in between. Uh, so it's, it's, Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. It's so interesting because I think like you mentioned, I think I hit my sweet spot with $500. So I definitely, I think with $500 or four ninety-seven, I get rid of the people who would, like who would have that impulse 
purchase kind of feeling when looking at my sales page and go, you know what, I want to buy this. And then would either require a lot of support moving forward. And probably it'll, it would even resulted in quite a lot of refunds and it's still not priced like 2000 where people wouldn't actually buy it unless they were, let's say a Facebook advertising strategist that actually work with clients and look at this as an investment. So yeah, I don't know. That's my feeling so far regarding pricing, but like for your course or coaching or whatever, I'm wondering about your pricing. How, how did you set the price? Because I never actually talked with people when setting my price. Like, how do you do that? I was just, like I said, researching and then that research, you know what? It didn't really do anything for me. So I just decided on a price when I started practically working on the course. So I'm wondering how you did it. Yeah. I mean, I launched the course or different versions of it several times and I've tried pretty much every price point, I think. So the cheapest I've ever been is $99 mm-hmm. and the most expensive has been 2000 or just under 2000. And I've tried in between, like I've tried a 199, I've tried 599, I've tried, I think 1000 or 1200 maybe once. And mm-hmm. basically what I saw was that people who like 199 was a threshold, whether it's 99 or 199 doesn't mm-hmm. make too much difference. A lot of people will buy that. Uh, it's self-serve. There's a, a Slack group where we hang out, but whether there's one more person in there or a hundred more people in there, it's no, not really any extra work for me. I don't give any, yeah. th- there's no guarantee of like personal one-on-one time. Yeah. I am in there helping, but I, yeah. it's not a, a burden on me necessarily. There's no, like, I don't have to be on calls with, with those people. Yeah. Whereas basically af- above that 199 price point for me, it didn't matter whether I sold like, when I sold something for six hundred or seven hundred dollars, I would get the same like percentage of conversions, same number of people buying who would have bought the thing for mm-hmm. one thousand nine hundred. And honestly, mm-hmm. like they would have been fine. Like they would, they didn't even really notice the difference in price. The, the price for them was almost them. The feeling I get, and quite a few people have said this, is that yeah. they're trying to they're trying to make themselves take it seriously and yeah. put themselves under pressure by. Yeah. buying the accountability basically or paying for, for the accountability. Yeah. I got that feedback too, when I was working on the pricing and I think I'm not 100% sure, but I think I talked to Amy Hoy about it. And she also mentioned that like when people pay, like people are willing to pay a higher price for a good product, but not necessarily because they think, think they'll get a lot more value, but to make themselves accountable because it's going to hurt them a lot more if they pay, let's say $700, $800 for a product, for a course, and then not work on it versus paying 99 and just not doing any work. So I think it also comes down to you as a course creator deciding what kind of people you want to teach what kind of people you want to have in your course, or maybe just first deciding, does that even matter to you? And then deciding like, what's the type of people that you want to sell to? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I I think I, with sales for founders, it's always been about helping people who, because they're early stage founders probably don't have that much money and shouldn't Mm. really be spending it on courses if they can avoid it at all. So for that reason, with this, as opposed to 
maybe other courses I'm thinking about running in the future. I really want to get the basics as close to free as possible. And with the the free course I'm, I'm launching, they will have the opportunity to get everything for free, but without. Yeah. So there, there are two things I can't give away for free. One is my time. And the second one is access to our community because part of the advantage of it being paid and quite expensive is that only really motivated people are in there. And mm. if you open that up to everybody completely free, then yeah. it's just full of dead bodies, basically. Uh, people yeah. asking yeah. stupid questions and selling to each other and it's, it ruins the whole thing. Yeah, that's why I'm, I'm, I'm going the free version for as many people as possible and for the reach. And hopefully that will get people interested and ready to understand me and what I'm about and how I approach sales. And then I'm going to keep the very expensive $2,000 tier and open that enrollment every now and again probably maybe yeah. every three months, every six months or so. And that will be for people who ideally have taken the free course and just want some accountability and want to move a bit faster and who can afford mm-hmm. it as well. Yeah. So we, we definitely need to talk maybe in one of the upcoming episodes, because what I was wondering when you were mentioning the free versus to it was a two thousand two thousand dollar price point. yeah about two thousand yeah that's that's pretty much what i yeah. have now is is free or two thousand yeah. yeah so that's a pretty big jump <laughs> yeah that, i was yeah, just gonna ahead. say yeah i did actually try i tested making a community two hundred dollars mm-hmm. because I, ha- I had a 199 price point before which was the course and basically i created a better version of the course and made that free uh, or i'm making mm-hmm. that free and I was wondering if people want the community, then why don't I just let them into the community for 199? And I literally nobody bought them. Do you think they just don't see the value in a community as opposed to, let's say, having, I don't know, a bundle of videos, which is more tangible for that price point? I really don't know. I think the community is one of those things where, like the sales founders community is weird in the sense that there's not a massive amount of activity. But the activity mm-hmm. that happens is really good. And I'm okay with that, right? It's not like a place where people are just hanging out, chatting all day. But the discussions that do happen, they're like serious people. And they have there's, there's really good info in there. And it's people getting feedback and help a couple of times a day. So it's, it's not yeah. dead by any means. It's just not a place where it's not like everyone chatting around and being silly and stuff. It's very focused. So I think there's a lot of value in there. But I also think that I've been in a lot of communities where just like people say they have a community and just nothing is happening and the stuff that is happening is just useless and kind of spam basically mm-hmm. so I, I think maybe that could be something to do with it I, 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 yeah. do you run a kind of a slack group or something for your participants as well it's just a facebook group that i have but i was actually thinking of uh, approaching that from a different perspective in 2021 and doing more of a community slash membership with like some premium things that you cannot really get anywhere else, like uh, anywhere else, meaning on my Podia page, for example. So like doing one-on-one teardowns and maybe sharing them what I'm finding out with my clients, what I'm seeing with Facebook, like within the Facebook ads manager. So currently the community that I have is one is a free community. So it's a Facebook group. The second one that I have is a, well, it comes with, it's a student community of the science of Facebook ads students, but I'm going to be 
like I said, reworking that into maybe a more expanded thing, like a membership in 2021. Yeah, it's so interesting. People who want to learn Facebook ads, they will carry on wanting to improve their Facebook ads kind of capability. Yeah. So there's a lot of potential for upsales there almost. Yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely. For sure. Yeah, that's almost the opposite of sales for founders where most of the people who are doing sales, they're the technical founders who only want to do sales for a short amount of time. They don't want to become sales experts. So that's why I I have, it's like a 199 flat fee basically to get into the community. But I I would never even consider doing like a a rolling, like X dollars a month or X dollars a year, just because, Mm -hmm. you know, that the incentive for me is wrong there. I don't want, I don't want people hanging around for a long time. I want them to come in and do sales and leave and go do something that they'd rather be doing, (laughs) right? Yeah, with Facebook ads, it's totally different. You can always upgrade your knowledge. Facebook changes things all the time. So there's definitely a need for having a source of updated news about Facebook advertising from a reliable source. Let's put it like that. Yeah, it's interesting how that makes such a, like a small thing that makes such a big difference. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, let's talk about what we're actually looking forward to next week what are you going to be working on what's exciting on your to-do list yeah wow so this is difficult because we're probably going to record our next episode in what three days four days so probably like that. <laughs> yeah because we were a bit late with this one so yeah in the meantime the big thing that i'm working on is getting all of the content that i've created or i'm creating just getting that last 10 percent done getting it up on the website getting all the the pages ready for our website so Mm -hmm. that we move from being very obviously a very early stage company into looking more like an established uh, respectable company with a lot of content that could have 10 or 20 people working on it maybe behind the scenes Mm -hmm. so that's the big thing I'm working on right now other than that it's interesting I feel like at Sparkloop we're at that point where we've been moving so quickly and changing things so quickly And from the outside, it looks like we haven't really done very much over the past two months or so since we closed the the ConvertKit deal, basically. You probably wouldn't Mm -hmm. see too much from us. Not much has changed. You know, the website hasn't really changed, stuff like that. It's just interesting. It feels when you learn about earthquakes, about how like the, the, like the, what's it called? Like the rock, like the two plates, like the rock plates, the tectonic Tectonic plates. Yeah, exactly. Like they, they get stuck next to each other and the tension yeah. builds up and builds up and all of a sudden they just push past each other and there's a big earthquake yeah. I feel like that's what's happening with us we're at one of those points where we've been making like we've been seeing so many changes we want to make and starting to get them ready and planning and, and doing a lot of it behind the scenes but it hasn't quite erupted yet and now we're yeah. at that point over the next month or two where that sudden kind of sharp change is going to happen and there's going to be a lot of hopefully very good very big changes that we've been working on for a while yeah how about you and that yeah by by the way that let's say transition that you're in where nothing's really showing out nothing's really showing outwards that's for to me that's the most annoying part so I, I feel for you like all the things that you're working on in the background but I'm excited at the same time for you because it'll soon start showing outside all of the work that you've put in yeah i hope so you know it was just nice to think we're coming up to we have the the, there's going to be the election in the us so Mm -hmm. realistically 
first week of November is going to be a complete write-off. Like no one's going to be thinking about yeah. buying software, I don't think. And then, I don't you know, think then you have yeah. maybe another two weeks, three weeks, and then we get into the Christmas period where people are on ho- maybe holidays. They're not really in that phase of starting new projects and, and buying new things in the B2B world normally again. So probably going to see a dip there. It, it's nice mm-hmm. to be... I feel grateful that we're at a stage with the company now where even if we're not adding new revenue, then like we're not on the clock, we can pay our bills, yeah. we can pay our, our wages and we're going to be fine going through there, even if it takes an extra month. And that's, that's really nice in comparison to startups past that I did where we, we were, were venture funded and we're looking at December thinking, oh God, this is going to be terrible. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And how about you? Um, yeah. So f- I'm actually going to be short because I'm really looking forward to a little bit of focus time in the next couple of days. It's something that I didn't have in the last couple of weeks, actually, because I had all sorts of activities and events that I needed to attend to. And now we're on lockdown pretty much again. So I'm getting back that focus time that I need to finish the emails for the science of Facebook ads. So yeah, really looking forward to just hunkering down and finishing up all the emails. Awesome. And yeah, I imagine you have a lot of work to do with the new client and, uh, Stuff like that as well. Oh yeah, absolutely. I onboarded a new client on Friday. So actively working with them today already, or actually started to work on, started to work with them on Friday. Now that I have onboarded them and implemented the first campaigns, I'll also be doing the project management work side of things and hopefully onboarding the contractors soon. So yeah, there's a lot on my plate, but I'm looking forward to doing all of that. Brilliant. Well, that sounds like you have a lot to do. I have uh, big plans as well. I'm going to kick off my last year before I'm 30 by going to bed at 9 p.m. I think that's my my plan for today. Oh, good luck. (laughs) So on that note, maybe we can leave it there and we can catch up next time. Yeah, because it's going to be 9 p.m. soon. So get ready for bed. Yeah, we we don't want the outro to just be me snoring. I think that would be. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Awesome. We will talk in a couple of days. Yay. Bye-bye. This was The Sub Podcast. If you have any questions for us, feel free to reach out to us on Twitter. You can find Louie at LouieNichols underscore, and you can reach out to me, Moitza, at Moitza Mars. Not sure how either of those are spelled out? We get that a lot. Just check our show notes for more. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast to follow along and leave a review if you like our casual check-ins. Thank you for listening.